Good morning. Good morning. Good evening, fellowship. Merry Christmas to you. Good evening, Rodney. Good evening, Sam. He's ready for Christmas morning, I think. I know, I know. I just used to say morning. Hey, it's Friday night, and normally on Friday night, what do we do at fellowship? Celebrate recovery. We got celebrate recovery people in the house. Yeah. Hey, we want to say thank you for having us in your room on Friday night. And we've got Fellowship Rogers here. We've got Mosaic here. We've got people who thought this was a Walmart here tonight. 
And so for, from wherever you came and wherever you're at, we're glad you're with us tonight and we are going to focus in on celebrating the Savior. And we have one thing we need to do. We gotta break the sticks. We gotta break the sticks. And so That's the funnest you were given a glow stick when you came in. And so go ahead and break those. And then, and then tuck them away for later. And we will share them as we play with uh, them. sing Do Silent not. Night later. And so we are so glad that you've joined us tonight. And also for all of you who are watching on the live stream from home, we want to say Merry Christmas to you. And in your living room, we want to uh, be with you and celebrate the Savior with you as well. Amen. You ready to do this? You bet. Let's, Let's do it. Let's have some fun. Well, we've been celebrating in this season, acknowledging this incredible gift, amen, of Jesus Christ, the coming of a Messiah. Boy, what a lot to be grateful for. In this gift, we experience love and peace, joy, hope. Man, I need hope, don't you? He is so, so faithful, amen? And so let's, in this place, could we just worship him, the one who is faithful? Could we be faithful to lift up praises to him tonight as we celebrate this beautiful Christmas Eve? Sing this with me. Come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. acknowledge these wonderful, beautiful volunteers. Are you glad that they volunteered to serve tonight? <laughs> we even have a brother and sister serving here tonight. And what a lot of fun. We want you to be a part of this as we worship and celebrate Christmas. We want to sing these songs together. We're just lead worshipers. We're joining in you with this. And so we want to hear those pretty voices tonight. So you ready to kick it off, man? Let's kick it off, Sean.
from the Word of God in Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Corinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. It was a moment when heaven and earth collided. It was an instant when the divine will of God intersected everyday life. Majesty entered the mundane. The providential hand of God reached into this fallen world and a rescue mission was launched to save sinful people like you and like me. It is the Christmas story. And as I dug into the story this year, I noticed something that I had never seen before. I became aware of two big picture items that had previously escaped me. Two theological concepts that are rarely spoken of in relation to the nativity. What are they? God's divine providence and human responsibility. It was right there in the Christmas story, embedded in the familiar narrative, both concepts, the sovereign hand of God moving and the obedient actions of people in the story. Think about it with me. In the nativity, God was providentially working to enact his plan of salvation through the incarnation of the Savior. The divine touch is all over the story. We have a virgin birth, fulfilled prophecies, Glorious angelic messengers and astronomical signs. Before a savior was born in the town of David, the Lord had been at work for thousands of years to will it into reality. And at the same time, the story involved lives of real human beings. Like Mary and Joseph. Like the shepherds. The innkeeper. Or the magi. This happened for them in first person, in real time. In the story, Joseph and Mary obeyed and followed the Lord. The shepherds heard and responded to the angelic messengers. The magi followed the star and came to worship the new king. It was providentially willed from heaven, but it came to be through actions of everyday people like you and me. God willed, they followed. God prophesied, they fulfilled. The divine hand of God moved, they responded. God's providence or his sovereign will and human responsibility or their obedient action. You know, they're often presented in contrast to one another. Theologians, they ponder, they even argue which one is primarily driving the affairs of the world. And I think as we 
look into the story tonight, we'll see that they're not battling one another as much as they are working together toward the same goal. So let's pick up the story, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Do you see both concepts in the passage? Divine providence, human responsibility. Do you see the intersection of heaven and earth? The divine will encountering everyday people. Well, you can't get any more earthly or everyday than shepherds watching flocks in fields at night. Think about the scene, the sounds, the smells. They are anything but divine, and they have the fingerprints of mankind written all over them. But then a messenger of God interrupted the shepherd's routine evening. Heaven opened. The glory of God shone around them. Divinity intersected the world of humanity. And look at the reactions of the shepherds to the divine interruption. It's very human. They were paralyzed with fear. The angel delivered news, good news, news that would bring great joy for all the people. And in the encounter, the angel was about to announce something that had been willed for thousands of years. This news had been brewing since the Garden of Eden when sin entered the world. And the angel was about to announce something that had been promised for generations. Let's look at the news. Look at verse 11. It says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Verses 11 through 14 are all providential. These four verses repeatedly tell of the touch of the sovereign hand of God. There's prophecy fulfilled, miraculous signs and angels praising God. The town of David is a reference to Bethlehem the hometown of King David, of whom Jesus was a descendant. You know, the prophet Micah had prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So the Savior, announced by the angel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1, would be born of a virgin, as the prophet Isaiah predicted, and would be born in Bethlehem, as the prophet Micah predicted. This was no ordinary birth. This had been in the works for hundreds of of years. And on top of that, the shepherds were given a sign, a sign that was specific yet unexpected. They would find the newborn king, not in luxurious accommodation, but in a manger, a stable. And the scene suddenly escalated. The scale of the divine interruption grew exponentially. The single angel of the Lord was joined by a great company of heavenly hosts. A multitude of angels now filled the skies above the shepherds. It is unclear how many angels joined in at this point. Was it 50 angels? 
Was it a hundred angels? Was it a thousand angels? Was it the whole legion of angels from heaven at this point? We're unsure. We don't know the number of the angels, but we're certain of their message. They praised God in the heavens for what he was doing on earth. Heaven and earth were colliding. They celebrated glory above, bringing peace below. Well, we have our divine announcement. We clearly see the providence of God at work. Well, how would the shepherds respond? Look at verse 15 and we'll see human responsibility. It says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After the announcement from heaven, the shepherds went to see the earthly sign. They had the word of God. Now they wanted to see the work of God. And by the way, I know I'm jumping Christian holidays, but you see the same thing happen here that happened at the tomb of Jesus on Easter morning. The angel announced he is not here and then invited the guests to come and see. The shepherds hurried from the fields in Bethlehem to go and see this thing that had happened, and they found the baby. Just as the angel had told them, wrapped in claws and lying in a manger, the sign was observed, the message was authenticated. The Lord had spoken and the shepherds had responded. The light of the world had stepped down into darkness and they had come to worship him. But their response was not over. Look at the last few verses in the story. They were so moved that they didn't just behold the newborn king. They had to share the news with others. It reads, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds' adoration led to proclamation. Divine providence led to human action. After they heard and saw, they shared the great news. It was a holy night. The shepherds had heard the angels' voices. They had fallen on their knees in awe and wonder and adoration. And then they could not help but share the news with all those around them. God had come to earth. A savior had been born. The word had become flesh. Hope was given a name. The name Jesus. For whatever hope do we have outside of him? It's a lot to take in. There's so much to consider and ponder when we look at the incarnation of Jesus. And what happened on that night in Bethlehem demands a response from each one of us. So take a few moments in the quiet of this evening and reflect on Christ, the Savior, the babe in the manger, the word made flesh, and consider how that night impacted this night. Would you bow with me in prayer? And in the quiet of your heart, behold the Savior. 
the one who came to take away the sin of the world. Lord Jesus, we thank you on this Christmas Eve night that you came into this world and that you didn't take a throne. Lord, we thank you that you came humbly. Lord, we thank you that you came not for your own glory, but to save sinful people like us. And so, Lord, we behold you tonight. We worship you for who you truly are. It's in your name we pray. Choices for y'all. 
the world you step down into darkness open my eyes let me That made this heart adore Hope of a life spent with you And here I am to worship Here I am to bow down Here I am to say that you're mine news, a heavenly message that forever brings peace, peace on earth to troubled souls like yours and mine. I want you to hear it again, but this time hear it spoken not to the shepherds, but to you. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. It's a divine message, a providential promise of God. And now it's time for us to express our human response. And like the carol says, let every heart prepare him room. You know, it would be tragic for this to be merely a Christmas story and not a personal reality. Here's a closing thought. The Savior born to you must be born in you. The promise of God must be received by each human heart. The providential hand of God must intersect with human obedience and responsibility. We all must hear. We all must see. We all must respond. So if you come to a point in your life where you've turned from your sin and believed in the one that he sent? Have you surrendered your heart in faith and trust and belief to that baby in the cradle who would become the man on the cross? You see, religious sentiment, even at Christmas time, 
without genuine faith in the living Christ is a one-way street to brokenness. Bible commentator Kent Hughes said it this way, it is not enough to hear about Jesus. It is not enough to peek into the manger and say, oh, how nice, what a lovely scene. The truth is, even if Christ were born in Bethlehem a thousand times, but not within you, you would be eternally lost. We must not fall into the trap of treating the nativity like a fable or folklore. It's not merely a story, it's news, good news. So have you received it? Has the Savior that's been born to you been born in you? I want you to realize tonight that for thousands of years, the divine hand of God has been at work to rescue you and me from our sin and ourself. God's sovereignty and providential will has planned for you to be in this seat tonight hearing this message of redemption. The child in the cradle will become the man on the cross. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, into this world to live a perfect life, to die a sacrificial death on your behalf. And he offers to each one of you forgiveness of sin and eternal life in heaven for all who would come to him and turn from their sin and believe and trust in his person and work. And I would like to give you the opportunity right now to receive the greatest gift you've ever been given. And that's a savior in your heart. Whether it's for the first time in your life or an affirmation of faith that you've held for many years, would you bow with me in prayer? And if you'd like to ask Christ as your Savior or affirm him as being there, would you pray these words in the quiet of your heart? Lord Jesus, I need you. I want to genuinely know you tonight as my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I turn from sin and self. And I believe in you. I trust in you and you alone to save me. And I accept your offer of eternal life. Well, Lord Jesus, I pray for those who believe in you, that you would make yourself known to us in a real way. We'll follow you all the days of our life. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? And as we light the Christ candle tonight, would you take your light? And raise it to the sky as we sing Silent Night.
voices. good news <laughs> I think we need to celebrate that light don't you agree joy to so the next group can come in. We would love that. God bless you. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas. We love you.